0: If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing Team Hoopball at hoopdashball dot com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing Team Hoopball at hoopdashball.com. dot The following is a hoop ball presentation.
1: Hello and welcome. This is the Pelican Scoop with Lyle and Bank, episode two. We're back. Fantastic. Great to have you all here. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. We're uh, settling in for another big one today. We're going to talk some hoops, we're going to do a game review. I've gone right back into the archives to the 22nd of October this, oh, 2019, at the start of the season. And we're going to have a chat about that and some early signs. I know we've seen where we're at at the moment, but it seems to be something to have a talk about. And we'll see what, what the start of the season looked like now that we've seen where we ended up. We're going to talk about the New Orleans Sport, the second team that came to New Orleans... We're going to have a bit of a chat about New Orleans a little bit further and, and then, yeah, we'll see where the, the night takes us. We might do another player review as well and we've got a great show tonight and thank you for tuning in. So, let's get into it. So, last week we started with a brief history of the New Orleans Hurricanes and the Professional Basketball League of America. I thought this week we'd leave that to a bit later on, the actual... New Orleans basketball history and the and the history in general. I thought instead we'd start with a game review. October twenty two, two thousand nineteen, was the start of the regular season of the the nineteen twenty season, the one that is currently on hiatus. So I went down memory lane, had a look. The first game was at Toronto. It was the the. Banner ceremony for the Raptors, they raised the flag, they got their rings. Alvin Gentry kept the team out on the floor, made them watch and said, this is what we need to aspire to. You need to watch this, you need to see that this is what you could achieve. Now, I've broken down the game quarter by quarter and I've got some points that we're going to touch on and discuss. I know we've We've seen it, and if you haven't, it's great to go back and watch and see where the guys were at the start of the season. And as we progress, I might review all the games. Who knows? But we'll see how we go. So the first quarter, we started out well. The first thing I noticed was the intensity. The guys came out flying. They were running up and down the court. They looked young. They looked fit. They looked athletic. And the Raptors got caught off guard. We we jumped out early, and then sort of stopped. So the first six minutes we led by up to about 14. And then the bench came on and we lost a bit of momentum. The Raptors clawed it back and all of a sudden it was it was back to two points. Now, I like that Alvin Gentry brought out the young guys early. So uh, Alexander Walker played big minutes in the first quarter. They put the ball in his hands, let him run the offense. A guy that looked like... He'd taken the next step was Brandon Ingram. That was a sort of, that was very obvious. He looked calm, he looked collected, he looked put together, composed, and he was making shots and taking shots that last year he just wasn't doing. So I think that was a very noticeable thing. He started well, he's very long, he doesn't look like he's put any more muscle on, but at the same time, he looked confident. And he was making the extra passes. He wasn't forcing shots, which I think was something in his game that he lacked. And for him to come down to New Orleans and show that he could be the guy. He didn't have anyone looking over his shoulder. There was no LeBron to tell him off. He looked like he had taken the next step. And I mean, spoilers, but we saw where he ended up. He he made the All-Star team later on that year. So there were early signs in that first quarter that he looked like the real deal. Now... What I didn't like was Lonzo Ball's shot selection. There seemed to be some times where he tried to force shots up. There was a bit of carry-on that we just didn't need. They needed to settle, and I think that will come with rhythm, as we'll see in the next few games, that they'll settle down and make some big shots and take better shots. And we saw that throughout the, the rest of the game is that the ball moved a bit better, but we did settle for a few early shots, which weren't really what we wanted. We need to move the ball. So, to end the first quarter, Josh Hart took a big charge from Norman Powell. Lonzo used his long arms, a lot of pass interruptions, and all of a sudden we're away, we're back at the races. Uh, we got a little bit trigger-happy with the three points and the lobs, and that sort of turned into turnovers and missed shots, which we just didn't need. We could have definitely put the nail in them to start with. What the problem was is that if we we also missed a few rotations on defence, which led to some three-pointers for the Raptors. And that led them back in. All of a sudden, at the end of the quarter, we're up 3.30 to 27. The second quarter started, and a run from the Raptors brought it back to two points. But then we went on another run to lead. Our bench looked thin, which I'm going to eat my words. That's what I'd noted in the second quarter of the first game. But we did absolutely belt them off the bench. We outscored them comprehensively from... Throughout the rest of the game, the bench were key in in keeping us in this match. Redick looked like he hadn't missed a shot, or missed a step at all. He looked phenomenal. You can see that he's trying to give the advice to the young guys. He got in Lonzo's ear a lot, and he said, look, you've missed a rotation there, let's bring it back and, and run it again. The big thing that they need to focus on is patience, 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 patience. They just seemed to want to push the ball almost to a fault, even when it wasn't on. And I think that tempo control is something that they're really going to have to focus on for the rest of the season. Now, again, I, I took note that Brandon Ingram just looked phenomenal. He looked strong, he looks confident, and he was making the extra pass. He wasn't forcing shots, which is something that he is notorious for in previous seasons, is that he would just force a shot up. Now... He looked like he was slowing down. He was making the extra pass. He was trusting his teammates, which is something that every great player needs to develop and needs to have in their arsenal. Trust your team. There's five of you out there. Now we got to the third quarter and it was obvious that Brandon Ingram, again, had established himself as the man. He controlled the offense. The pace picked up. We came out of the break and just started running even harder and it was almost a Frantic pace at times up and down the court, but it did lead to a silly error. Brandon Ingram threw the ball full court to Drew Holiday, which was not something that we needed to do. We could have just brought the ball up, instead, he's tossed it full court and it's gone out of bounds. They came back and hit a three. Just wasn't a great decision. And as much as you pump them up, they're still young guys, they're going to make those decisions as well. And Drew probably didn't need to call for it in that situation. Favors is critical to the defence. He is the absolute anchor. Unfortunately, he got to four fouls early and, and that dragged him out, but that is absolutely something that he will need to be mindful of because once he goes off, we're a bit thin at centre. They played Jalil Okafor behind him and yeah, he was good and he looks skinny and looks like he's got himself right, but again, he was not as defensive-minded as Favors was. The rotations to the perimeter, or around the perimeter, were sometimes missed. And this led to wide-open threes for the Raptors. Gasol hit a three. Norman Powell was hitting threes. Fred Van Vleet absolutely tortured us from three-point. Lowry. And every time he collapsed to the paint, because Siakam was driving in and he had an absolute blinder before he found out, spoilers alert, it led to this absolute feast from three-point range. One thing we need to focus on as well is securing that rebound. The defensive possession does not end until you secure the defensive rebound, and there was a lot of times where we watched them launch a three, started jogging back, and they missed and all of a sudden they've got another shot and they've hit the three. Secure the rebound. Josh Hart, side note, had six rebounds and two massive offensive boards which kept us in the game well, kept us close in the in the third quarter. One leading to a foul, another one leading to a big shot. And it really did jumpstart the offence. Now, at the end of the third, we were 86 to 88. The Raptors were up by two. Going into the fourth quarter, patience, patience, patience again. We needed to slow down, run the sets. Instead, the ball was getting moved a little bit too fast at times. And at other times, it looked phenomenal. The passing was excellent, and we had a huge amount of assists in this game Josh Hart was very good Melly, the rookie played well he looks like a ready to play start hit threes he moved the ball well he was patient as a big man and he got to the right spots moving without the ball for a stretch four is absolutely critical and he did that easily Lonzo didn't play much in at the second half we didn't see much of him at all which I think was because the guys were playing well without him. Kendrick Williams is an absolute disruptor. He's a high-energy guy. You can see that, the hustle. He loves it, but sometimes gets a bit carried away, had an over-the-back foul. And in times where you didn't need them, there was just a bit of carry-on, which you just didn't need, and sometimes you can hustle to a fault. You can go too hard. Now, we're lucky because... The final shot was missed by Powell. It was 117 all and we went to overtime, which was interesting for the first game of the year. And we came out a bit sluggish. We looked like we'd run ourselves into oblivion and were unable to deliver in the final minutes. We forced shots. It was hero ball. Redick is a great shooter, but he again made some very difficult shots and that was something that we can't rely on going forward. And we just ran out of legs. Now we ended up losing 130 to 122, and that was without Siakam. Siakam actually fouled out in the fourth quarter and he'd had 34 and 18 and we still couldn't win, which was a pain. Now some key key takeaways from this one. BI wants to be the man and should be the man. Give him the ball, he looks like a stud. Favours has to stay in. He needs to get fitter or and stop making silly decisions on defence. Yeah, you got one offensive foul, which is a questionable one, but other ones. If the guy is driving it, if the guard is driving it, you need to just stay straight up. Easier said than done, I know. Holiday and Reddick are prepared to step aside for the young guys. You can see that Bi was the guy that had the hand, the hot hands. So they were giving him the ball. Also, they're prepared to pass to Meli. They were prepared to pass to, to, to Nor. Kendrick Williams as well, Josh Hart, all of these guys were getting their shots. Holiday and Reddick, that is something that they're going to have to know when to delegate and otherwise take control of the shooting. My final takeaway was that the fitness is going to have to improve. If you're going to run at the pace that they were operating at, then they need to be the fittest guys on the court. And if they're going to play an overtime game, you can't Push all the way to the last five minutes of the fourth quarter and stop. Because that's where you'll lose your games. And we saw that. The final possession of the fourth quarter was beautifully executed pick and pop. Except Gasol hedged on the last play and blocked Meli in. So Meli was wide open if Gasol had have rolled. Instead he didn't. He went to Meli, and we had to have a forced Drew Holiday three-point attempt with six seconds to go. An extra pass could have been made and perhaps a better shot. But that'll all come in time, and that's something that we get to look forward to going forward. So that was Game 1. Unfortunately, uh, an L, 130-122 to in overtime. But again, you're playing against the defensive champs who are all hopped up on winning the championship, getting their rings. They'd lost Kawhi Leonard in the offseason, and they needed to see who the new man was. And it turned out that it was Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. So they ended up winning by committee. It looks like for us that the guy is going to be Brandon Ingram, especially with Zion out. Unfortunately, we don't get to see what he looks like for a number of months because he tore his meniscus, had a knee surgery. But B.I. looks good. Redick looks good. Favors looks good. He just needs to get a bit fitter. Holiday looks good. All the young guys look like they're in the right frame of mind, that they're bought into the system and that is something that we can look forward to. Everyone brings their own sort of skills and we've got a very tall backcourt between Holiday, Nor, Josh Hart Lonzo all of those guys are quite tall very long defenders and I think that will serve us well going forward. So yeah, that was game one and I look forward to having a look at game two next episode. Now before we jump into the second part of today's show, which is going to be the history of the New Orleans basketball that we talked about a bit last week, the second team, which is the New Orleans sport, just going to do a quick service announcement, make sure you have a look at the New Orleans Pelicans website. They've got heaps going on there still you can still be involved with the Pelicans even though. The NBA is on hiatus. You can start looking at season tickets for next year as well. So that's all things that are still happening over there. There's plenty happening on the social media accounts as well. The New Orleans Business Alliance, French Quarter Festivals, Inc. and WWL-TV held a virtual concert on 4 April to raise funds for local gig economy because there's a whole heap of musicians in New Orleans that are out of work at the moment. So they did a virtual concert called Live from the Porch. That was to raise funds to support those local artists. If you missed the concert but still want to donate to the Gig Economy Workers Relief Fund, uh, go and visit nolaba.org slash relief-fund. So n-o-l-a-b-a.org relief-fund. And you can donate there and help out all of the gig economy workers who have been out of work due to the COVID-19 crisis. I'd also like to shout out our sponsors, mybookie.ag and all the other great shows that we have on hoop If you have the time, which we all seem to do during this crisis with all the lockdown, make sure you head over to hoop and have a look at all the great articles, this weekend reviews, there's post-mortems going on at the moment of all of the 30 teams. There's a lot of articles detailing what went wrong with the teams and what went right. Make sure you go over there and have a look. But always make sure that you like and subscribe this show. Um, and follow me on Twitter at Lyle Swithenbank, L-Y-L-E-S-W-I-T-H-E-N-B-A-N-K and at HoopballPels. So we're going to jump in to the second part now, as I alluded to earlier. We're going to talk about the New Orleans Sports, which was a team, well, New Orleans' second team in 1947-48 season. They played in the Southern Basketball Association. The New Orleans Sports came in after the collapse of the PBLA, which we talked about last week, uh, they were previously the Hurricanes and rebranded to the New Orleans Sports. The Southern Basketball League was headed by Raymond Johnson, who's com- who the commissioner, uh, Jim Price as the league secretary, and they planned a 50-game schedule. There were franchises placed in Birmingham, Gadsden, Jackson, Memphis, Mobile, Montgomery, and Nashville. The following season, Bessemer, Birmingham Jackson and Mobile all dropped out of the league. And the Birmingham Steelers, Laurel Oilers and New Orleans Sports, who were previously known as the Hurricanes as I said, were recruited to bring the team back up to five clubs. The New Orleans team had a rocky start. They went 7-24 and in the first season in the Southern Basketball League. They played 1947 to 1949, and they were sprinkled with local stars, which is the words used by Renee Nadeau in his article, remembering the sports New Orleans first professional basketball team. Now, the star of this sports team was Alex Greek Athos, and he was an all star, he averaged 21 points a game in 31 contests, and that led the league. He was a star in the SEC and was a Warren Eastern product. He'd actually won five events in a single track meet against the talented LSU squad in his college days. A lot of uh, Loyola New Orleans players came out of there as well. We had Jim Red Holtberg. There was Rags Castics. TJ Whitaker, as well, and Sam Trombatore, who were all out of Loyola. Uh, Her pilot, who we talked about at the Hurricanes, and Cliff Wells were the coach or shared coaching duties. So that was the, the New Orleans sports. There's not a whole lot on them either, and I think as we get further through the history, there'll be more and more to talk about especially the next team that will be coming up next week. But again, these formed the foundations of New Orleans basketball. And as we know it today, a fairly successful franchise still developing. And we'll talk about the current Pelicans, no doubt, as we progress. And when we get to that, I'm sure everyone's very excited for the season-by-season review of the Pelicans when we get there, but I thought building a baseline beforehand, talking about the original teams, the pioneers of the New Orleans Pelicans and New Orleans basketball in general is important so that we know what we're talking about, where we came from, and we're reminded that the Pelicans in its current form are new, relatively new, there's been a basketball culture in New Orleans for a long time. And that's something that we should remember. So the next thing we're going to do today is have a chat about our players. And we're going to do another player review like we talked about, Drew Holiday, last week. This week, I thought we'd have a chat about our big power forward, Derek Favors. He was born July 15, 1991 and was acquired in the off-season from the Utah Jazz. So, he was originally drafted to the New Jersey Nets back in 2010. He was picked third overall by the Nets. He was 19 years old and was the youngest player ever to set foot on on the court for the Nets. He was traded in 2011 to the Utah Jazz along with Devin Harris. For Darren Williams, who had run his course after the retirement of Jerry Sloan, who was there at Utah for 22 years. He retired after that, and Darren Williams then saw that the franchise was heading a different direction, so he was then traded off to the Nets, and the rest is history. The Nets tried to build around him but we don't need to get into Darren Williams today. Now, Derek went on to play for the Jazz for about eight years. He had his best game, arguably, in on the 12th of November in 2015, where he had 25 and 12 rebounds, seven blocks. He's had career-high of 35 points. And then from there, he was traded to the Pelicans on July seventh, two thousand nineteen. He slotted straight into our starting lineup, and from a fantasy perspective, he's been great. You only get twenty-two to twenty-three minutes out of him, but otherwise, his production is just phenomenal. I've had him in a few of my leagues in uh, this season up until the hiatus, and he was very productive. He's a Georgia native originally. Grew up there. Some of the awards that he's won throughout his career was First Team Parade All-American, McDonald's All-American MVP, Mr. Georgia Basketball, Mr. Basketball USA, Naismith Prep Player of the Year. This was all 2009. In 2010, he was an C Rookie of the Year. 2011, NBA All-Rookie Second Team. And as I said, he was a third overall pick. So a guy of that quality knows about winning. He's very popular on social media. He's got a great family around him and, you know, a sort of high-character guy that works hard. And watching the first game back this year, we could see how important he was, as I talked about earlier, a defensive anchor. High-character guy at Utah. We've picked this, this guy up to lead our five spot. And he's taken that job on and is delivering. So another great pick up and we look forward to seeing him play more into the future. So I think we'll finish off with a little bit of New Orleans news. I did say that this podcast will have a little bit more than basketball in it and last week we talked a bit about the history of the New Orleans. I thought it would be Important at the moment to address what's going on in the world with the COVID-19 issues. Uh, New Orleans has been affected just like everywhere else in the world. Uh, Mayor LaToya Cantrell had a press conference today and extended the New Orleans stay-at-home mandate until May 16 due to a continued increase in the number of coronavirus cases in recent weeks. So that was extended on Wednesday. ...in the New Orleans Parish Civil District Court. Uh, The Governor, John Bell Edwards, had a similar order in place for the entire state... ...and that lasts till the 30th of April. Make sure we're looking after each other out there... ...because it is not a good thing and a difficult time for everyone at the moment. The extension will apply to the city for the most of spring... ...is what I've been informed... Uh, and it'll avoid grocers, bankers, and other essential businesses, so they will remain open, but otherwise it's stay at home. Mayor Latoya Cottrell, she said that in her order, that the emergency action must continue to slow this spread and give the medical professionals some breathing room, flatten the curve, as we've heard, flat out. The organisers for the New Orleans Heritage and Jazz Festival have advised that the event, which is usually scheduled for the last weekend in April, the first weekend in May, is going to be pushed back until autumn. So look forward to that in the later parts of the year. However, the Mayor did say that large gatherings might be pushed back until next year and should be preemptively rescheduled that way. So that's something to have a think about as well. So, yeah, that's the update at the moment. No doubt, if you need more information, you can go to NOLA.com, find out all of the up-to-date information, and there's plenty of news websites out there as well, as well as the TV to have a look. So, I think on that note, make sure you stay safe out there. I'm going to leave it at that. I am Lyle Swithenbank. This is the Pelicans Scoop, a hoop-ball.com presentation. We look forward to you all joining us again next week bye for now
0: this has been a hoop ball presentation